It's Thursday, May 12th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, we don't have baseball to talk about uh, from last night uh, on today's podcast because uh, after we recorded our show yesterday, uh, uh, shortly after that, the Guardians postponed their game against Chicago uh, due to a COVID outbreak among the coaching staff. Uh, the uh, first news was that uh, manager Terry Francona would not be available to manage after testing positive, but then it got around that uh, not just Tito, but uh, a, a number of uh, uh, Guardians coaches and members of their traveling party uh, were would be unavailable because, due to testing positive. Uh, what's the latest and what do we know so far about, uh, you know, when the next game uh, that the Guardians will play uh, will be? Well, right now, you know, they're still scheduled to open a three-game series against the Twins on Friday night uh, at Target Field. Um, they, um, you know, uh, right, uh, it seems, you know, in, in, in talking to different people, it sounds like, you know, like you said, Joe, a, a, a number of the big league coaching staff have uh, tested positive. Uh, so they're going to have to uh, call up some uh, – minor league uh, coaches or different, you know, player personnel people to uh, fill out the coaching staff. Uh, there's no word yet on who will manage the club, you know, and in the past when T, uh, Frank, Francona, you know, has missed games for health reasons, DeMarlo Hale, you know, filled in last year for the final 63 games of last season. Uh, but DeMarlo apparently has also tested positive. Uh, we, there's no word on Sandy uh, Alomar, who, uh, you know, filled in for uh, Francona in 2020 in the 60-game sprint. Uh, we, we don't know if he's tested positive or not. Uh, in talking to uh, uh, Chris Antonetti, uh, he, uh, he said that they hadn't made a decision yet on, on who would manage the club, but I'm, I'm guessing, you know, uh, if, if, if Alomar and, and, uh, you know, Hale are not available, I would think uh, they'd go into the minor league system, maybe, you know, uh, Tracy, uh, you know, from uh, the AAA manager, uh, he, from Columbus, he could come up and, and manage the weekend series, you know, so I think they're, they're, there's, you know, I think they're getting close to naming this coaching staff or, you know, the replacement coaching staff that could come down today. But uh, other than that, uh, you know, just the extent of how many people, you know, tested positive still isn't known. But uh, as of yesterday, no, no players had tested positive, you know, and uh, I don't know if they were going to start testing the players to, uh, today. But I would think if unless they show symptoms, they would not. Uh, they would not test them. Yeah, that, that's sort of the cases right now, as far as the players are concerned, is like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, as long as nobody's showing symptoms, that's it's sort of don't ask, don't tell. Uh, you know, we don't we don't want to know if you're positive because that could wipe out uh, more than more than just a few players. We, we saw what happened when uh, Yu Chang, Cal Quantrill and, and others also tested positive uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh as far as what you're hearing, uh, I had heard rumblings that, you know, if uh, if Hale wasn't available, if Tito wasn't available, that, uh, you know, possibly Carl Willis is up there. He he might be uh, a candidate to, to, to sit in the driver's seat for a couple of games. Uh, if, if that's the case, if they don't if they don't want to pull Andy Tracy out of 
uh, Columbus to bring him up. Uh, I had heard that John McDonald might be uh, a guy that uh, you could see come up and, and maybe coach a base or two if Sandy Alomar isn't uh, available. He's a guy who, who they feel comfortable putting up there in that in that spot as well. So uh, a lot of different moving parts. But uh, yeah, it was it was interesting to see that after announcing what the that the game yesterday was canceled, they came out and said, well, here's our pitching rotation for Minnesota, indicating that there's a pretty good chance that they're going to play in Minnesota and uh, that, you know, at least none of the pitchers in that rotation uh, had, had been affected by the outbreak. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, um, Aaron Savali was scheduled to go Wednesday. Uh, he's going to be pushed back and start Friday. Then Bieber is scheduled for Saturday and Tristan McKenzie for Sunday. Uh, it's, it's ironic, uh, you know, that, you know, the, if these, if this game does come off uh, Friday, if they do play, it could be managed by two substitute managers. The guy filling in for Tito and, and Rocco Baldelli is still, um, you know, on, on the COVID-19 list for uh, the twins. Now he's missed about six games. I don't know if he's, you know, if he's, you know, he's ready to return for this weekend series or not. The, the big, uh, big concern here is with Francona and his health. You know, we had just gotten back to, to, to being somewhat fully healthy. And, you know, after missing, like you said, those, those last 60 games uh, of last season uh, and everybody from the beginning, the, the storyline of the whole offseason was, is Tito going to be healthy enough to manage? Is he going to be able to, to go the full season? And he's, he's what, 63 years old. Uh, this is the, the, the real big danger here is that if, you know, at 63, if he gets COVID, you know, that, that that's not a real easy thing to come back from. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the initial reports yesterday uh, were that he was feeling good. You know, I, they, no one said he was asymptomatic, but that he was still feeling good that he had just tested positive. And, uh, you know, then that's when they started testing the rest of the, uh, you know, did the close contracts, close contact protocols and started testing the rest of the staff. Another guy we should throw in the mix, uh, Joe, is uh, Mike Sarbaugh. If he hasn't tested positive, you know, lengthy uh, a resume for managing in the, in the uh, Cleveland minor league system, he could certainly, you know, step in and, and run the ball club for, for you know, until uh, Francona is, is healthy enough to return. Yeah, I just, I have a fear or a feeling that if, if they're calling up base coaches or, or putting people in positions to do that, that, you know, maybe Sarbaugh is among those that those that tested positive. We, we just don't know yet. And, you know, uh, it's it's the team's right not to not to release that information unless the, the individual says so. Uh, we do know that the game that was missed on Wednesday night will be made up uh, as as part of a doubleheader uh, later on in July. In um, it, it will be July 23rd as part of a split doubleheader in Chicago. A, uh, a it, it'll be a 110 first game and a 615 uh, nightcap. So at least we know when that game will be made up. Uh, another doubleheader in this season of uh, the season of full doubleheaders. Boy, again, I, I just I go back to that decision to not to play the seven inning doubleheaders uh, again this year, and it's. It's going to come back and bite some teams, uh, you know, more than others. Yeah, they, uh, you know, Cleveland has already played two, I believe, two doubleheaders. And, uh, you know, they've been fortunate enough to come through there without really burning out the pitching staff. And uh, But the more doubleheaders you play, you know, the more, uh, 
risk you take. And uh, at July, you know, in, in, in July, the, you know, teams will be limited to carrying a 13 man pitching staff. But of course, I think on the split doubleheaders, you can still bring up an extra guy, right? I, I right, know yeah, on the can. traditional doubleheaders, you can't. You'll you'll have the uh, you'll, you'll have the twenty seven uh, man for for any doubleheader that you can you can do that so uh, you can almost guarantee that that'll be an, an extra arm to carry uh, in the bullpen uh, for that that time. Uh, the Guardians, of course, coming off of uh, a, a loss to to sort of for now to split that series uh, against the the White Sox, but you know. As far as the momentum, uh, what the club is feeling, the their ability to rally in these last uh, couple of games, they they've got to be feeling good about at least where their offense is after uh, you know uh, sort of an up and down start. Well, yeah, I think so, Joe. I mean, I don't think anyone you know envisioned this offense being able to uh, you know kind of generate the runs they have. Uh, you know, the batting average they have, the, uh, the on base and the uh, slugging and the OPS, you know, this was an unknown quality or quantity. And, uh, you know, they certainly have, uh, you know, shown that they can hold their own with, you know, some very good teams, very good pitching staffs, and they've shown the ability to come back. And, uh, you know, they, they had the bases loaded uh, uh, Tuesday night in the, in the ninth, they were down 4-1, trailing 4-1. But they still, I guess, no, I shouldn't say they had two two runners on base in, in, in the ninth. And, uh, you know, Jimenez, Jimenez uh, was called safe on the infield single that would have loaded the bases. But then the uh, White Sox challenged and he was called out. And that the game ended on that note. But, uh, you know, Francona was really impressed because, this, you know, the team showed the same effort they did Tuesday night as they did Monday, you know, in the late innings when they had that, you know, great rally and, uh, you know, Josh Naylor kind of carried them through, <laughs> picked them up and uh, carried them through to a 12-9 victory with eight RBIs in his last, what, uh, three at-bats. Yeah, let's uh, let's go back and revisit what Naylor's been able to do. Uh, I, I think just remarkable that he's even out on the field right now, and he's not, you can tell he's not 100%. He's not running at full speed. He's not, uh, you know, as athletic looking as he was when he first came over in, in 2020 uh, in the trade from San Diego. But he is right now just the spark plug for that offense. And he is uh, giving them what I guess what Framil Reyes was supposed to be giving them or they had hoped Framil Reyes would be giving him uh, right now. It, it, Josh Naylor is, is probably your most effective, uh, you know, run producer in the middle of that lineup, uh, backing up Jose Ramirez. Oh, no doubt about it. He's the most dangerous hitter in the big leagues right now, Joe. Uh, you know, uh, especially in clutch situations, runners in scoring position, runners in, with two outs in scoring position, uh, you know, in, in late and, uh, you know, late situations with the game on the line, uh, nobody's better in, in the big leagues. And, and that's not something that's new either, because uh, back before he got injured last year, that was Josh Naylor's uh, ability to all, all of his home runs last year came uh, seventh inning on. You could almost, almost guarantee that he was going to hit one, even if it was in a, a, a meaningless or throwaway situation. Uh, Naylor always seemed to be coming up with, home runs late in games uh, before that injury, uh, you know, finished his season. 
in fact, before he hit the grand slam on Monday night, I was about to tweet, you know, Hey, here's uh, this is about the time when Josh Naylor does Josh Naylor things. Uh, and then he, and then he hit the home run. And, and I was like, well, no sense in, uh, in tweeting that now. It was just sort of, sort of crazy. Uh, five grand slams for the guardians so far this season. Uh, it's uh, in terms of being this early in the year, five is, is quite a, quite a number. And uh, you know, it's, it, it's just unexpected, I guess, is, is the biggest takeaway from uh, you know, what this God guardians offense has been able to do uh, it, even with the, the, the relative young age of the roster. Yeah. Youngest, uh, you know, youngest position roster in, in the big leagues, you know, youngest team in the big leagues overall. And uh, for them to, uh, you know, it, it's been like kind of the perfect marriage, Joe, because between the, uh, you know, the on-base uh, approach and then, uh, you know, the, uh, the ability to drive in runs with runners in scoring position and in clutch situations, you know, they've really taken advantage of that. I don't know if this is, you know, just a hot streak or, you know, can they, you know, most teams can't carry this through a 162 games, but so far through 30 games, uh, you know, they are really a dangerous ball club, you know, when they get runners in scoring position and they have shown that they really, they're really never out of a ball game. So they roll into Minnesota now uh, for this three game series. We don't know who's going to be calling the shots. We do know who, uh, you know, will be starting on the mound. Uh how does this shape up with Minnesota, who I don't think a lot of people really expected to be at the the top of the division right now, uh, or at least at this point in the season? Uh, they're they're competing and contending, but how are how is Minnesota getting the job done and and staying where they are? Well, the Twins, you know, still have that that real good offense. You know, they 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 score runs. Uh, you know, they. Uh, they are really a solid ball club when it comes to offense. The big question with, with uh, the twins is, you know, they've got a lot of guys hurt and especially on that pitching staff. Again, they pitched a lot better than people thought they would throughout May through the, they went 12 and nine in May. They're uh, six and three in, uh, in uh, I'm, I'm sorry. They went 12 and nine in April and six and three in May. So they they're off to a good start, but they've been uh, dogged by injuries you know, uh, uh, Carlos Correa is on the, on the injured list with a, a bad finger. Um, Chris Paddock, you know, came over a right-hander who, who uh, was pitching well for him is, is on the uh, IL with the, with the elbow, you know, and, and of course, uh, and uh, Miguel Sano is out. who always plays, hits well against the Indians. I mean, against the Guardians. Uh, so they, they've got some uh, injury problems, especially in the pitching staff. You know, the, the, they haven't announced starters for Saturday and Sunday's game, and I think they're scrambling a little bit. Yeah, they, they, they look like they could be piecing together things uh, uh, for, for the rotation upcoming. But uh, you go back to the injuries. Uh, Byron Buxton is the guy who, you know, has always had trouble staying on the field. When he's on the field, he kills Cleveland. He, he absolutely eats them up, uh, you know, offensively. Uh, and, and, and defensively too, for that matter, he takes runs away, but, uh, you know, Buxton has, he, he had a knee issue. He's back, he's been back, uh, and, and he's hitting well, uh, they, they really sort of encapsulate the, the, the spirit of their, their manager. Who's, who's again, not going to be there because of COVID, uh, Rocco Baldelli, uh, does a really good job of, of just, you know, 
they're they're sort of really uh, tenacious. I think is is a good word to, to 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 describe the way that Minnesota plays and and approaches the game. Uh, so it should be a fun series. Two very similar sort of approaches between the two clubs. Yeah, the Twins were eleven and eight against uh, Cleveland last year. Uh, even though they, uh, you know, finished last, they went from first to last in the division. They had that horrible season and, uh, but they still always, you know, these two teams always play each other tough. You know, Jorge Polanco is, is kind of a thorn in, uh, Cleveland side as, as is Max Kepler, you know, so all those guys, they'll, they'll be there. I, I would imagine for this weekend series and show up and, uh, we'll see how, uh, you know, we'll just see how, you know, It'll be interesting to see how Savali, if he can build off that that you know his start, his one his start his last start where you know he he did a nice job uh, and, and pitched well and got his first win of the season. Then you know we go to Bieber who's coming off a tough start, and then McKenzie who who has who's looked pretty strong uh, the whole you know the, through five or six starts you know this season, Joe. Yeah, I really I, I really get excited and, and look forward to. Um... Uh, watching uh, Tristan McKenzie starts now because of uh, just the way he's been able to to put things together and and, and play just recently uh, his last few starts like you said uh, yeah I, I agree Kepler well Trevor Bauer isn't here to give up four home runs to, uh, <laughs> yeah. to Max Kepler so uh, you know might not have to worry about that Alex Kirloff another guy uh, an outfielder who who does uh, who's who's been impressive I think uh, against um, you know, Cleveland in the past, uh, we get to see Gary Sanchez and Giovanni Urshela, who are uh, additions from the offseason uh, in the the Minnesota lineup, which, uh, you know, uh, Urshela sort of uh, sort of killed Cleveland in the playoffs two years ago. Uh, Sanchez, uh, always good for a home run here or there um, when, they, when he was with the Yankees. So, uh, yeah, a lot of fun looking forward to that that Minnesota series, how much does this, this COVID outbreak is since it's not really uh, impacting the, the roster of the players, as far as we know, but just the, the mental side of it without the coaching staff there and the, the support that, that these guys need, you know, being a younger roster, uh, not having Tito in the driver's seat, not having DeMarlo Hale and, and some of the other guys around, how is that going to, you know, impact these guys uh, in this series? Yeah, that's a great question. I wish I knew. I mean, uh, you know, these guys are so routine oriented and the coaches are part of that routine. You know, I think it's tough for a guy like Andy Tracy, if he has to come up here and manage this ball club or a guy like John McDonald, who, you know, has, has kind of been around the club in spring training, but you know, he's, he's, you know, he's not in that locker room every day, you know? Uh, so, you know, what kind of, uh, how do you mesh with those guys yeah, I, but I think, you know, most of these guys, uh, the players are, are like I said, routine oriented. They kind of, they're coach themselves. So I think that the preparation, the pregame preparation will be okay. Uh, on the field, you know, I, I, you know, who's, who's pulling the strings, you know, from the, from the dugout, uh, Tito uh, won't be there. You know, DeMarlo Hale won't be there. We don't know about, uh, you know, we, we don't know who on the pitching side, the coaches on, on Carl Willis, if he'll be there. But all that, I think, is that kind of, you know, that that's an unknown quality. And that could really, it, that could affect games. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly a disadvantage for for not just Tito, but for more than one uh, coach not to be there. Uh, certainly, uh, sort of sets the Guardians up for a, a difficult weekend, uh, to say the least. All right, uh, Hoinsey, we'll be back again tomorrow uh, with uh, another podcast before uh, the series opener, and we'll talk to you then. All right, Joe. 